Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey, hey. Uh-oh. What am I in? Oh, I'm in the Bone Zone. <laughs> what? The, the Ken what? Bone Zone. I, I did not like Ken Bone initially because yeah. the media said he's going to be the, the savior of the world. And I said, that's too much pressure to put on poor Bone. Ken what? Bone. I that said, leave the guy not- alone. No. That's what I said. Is, Go I, back and listen to I, the I, documents. <laughs> I think you said I fucking hate him no. so much. I hate the phenomenon <laughs> of making an instant oh, no. celebrity. No, you attacked him personally. I did not attack him personally. No, I just said he's eating for five. But now he's eating for six because I am coming over, but I don't want anything that he makes. Because apparently uh, he did it. He, he read it, ask me anything. And this is the last time we'll talk about Ken Bode. But the phenomenon, you know, I mean, this is the, the final. The minutes are ticking away from his 15 minutes of fame. I think he's at 14 minutes and 50 seconds right now. So yep. we've got to sneak it in. He started doing advertisements for Uber. Yeah. He sold out right away. <laughs> he really, he sold out within like a day and a half. Quick. And I was like, dude. Dude, great job. He mm. sold out before he did the yeah. AMA, and everyone decided that he was a terrible person. Okay, so he did a Reddit Ask Me Anything, and you would have thought this would just be extremely boring about random spinach recipes or how fun <laughs> it is to blend yogurt and make it more yogurty. Um, whatever the hell you think somebody like Ken Bone would be talking about. Mm-hmm. Marcus, you know the internet very well. He made a huge mistake. He did this Reddit Ask Me Anything on his existing account. On his existing account. Usually on Reddit, you have your mm. public account, and you have usually a throwaway account. Sure. If you're going to be going on prego uh, sites uh, on some of the mm. pregnant subreddits and saying things like beautiful human submarines. You'd is that what he pre- called pregnant women? Yeah. On the See, this is why porn. I'm in the bone zone. <laughs> beautiful human submarines. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, you might use a throwaway account for that, or at least you might use an account that no one actually knows that it is you, Kim Bone, who is commenting sure. on said pregnancy pornography. I see. Or say after the Trayvon Martin uh, <laughs> yeah. killing, after you know the George Zimmerman trial, saying that George Zimmerman was justified. You, he did say that he yeah. was a terrible person and all that, but he said that he was justified, which, to be totally fair, is not all that different from what many, many, many people were saying. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like it d- yeah. that does not preclude him. That is not say- like him saying like, okay, like lawfully, you know, he could have done that. That does not make Kim Bone a fucking pariah. It no, doesn't Ken make him Bone- an awful, awful person. But usually yeah. what you do is uh, if he was going to do a Reddit AMA, he should have made an account name that said something like the real Kim Bone. Ken Boner. Ken Boner. You know, like post history, zero, nothing. But yeah. he ended up using... Because not surprisingly, Ken Bone is quite the active Reddit user. Huh. He ended up using the account that he'd been using for a very long time, and yes. uh, it is 
So easy to look at someone's comment history. I just want to say this about Ken Bone. It would be much creepier if he commented about the killing of Trayvon Martin on the porn site. <laughs> if that was just always the thing he was bringing up over and over and over and over again, being like, yo, man, what a great set that that guy has. And did you know the Trayvon Martin killing was justified? <laughs> that would be creepier to me. Yes, of course, uh, I disagree with his synopsis of the uh, situation of that course. happened with George Zimmerman. We both But do. he is also... the 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 state of florida the 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 jurors that they um hired to perform their duty also would agree with ken bone yeah. and george zimmerman as time has gone on has proven himself to be even worse than we could have imagined him to be he's a raging alcoholic who will end up dying in the gutter but unlike edgar Allan poe he will have a legacy of a far uh, less significance yeah and what did i say what did i say last time what did that you say we were going to you were going ken bone crazy <laughs> i wouldn't go kim bone crazy but i was saying that we held on to to kim bone because we wanted something light and fluffy yeah. after the ugliness of the debate and that, remember what i said that we were going to squeeze him until he was dead like lenny like and then I said, can you not bring up of mice and men? And then we went on with that. This is what I was talking about. I, is that we yes. were going to squeeze him until he fucking died. We couldn't just be uh, satisfied with just like, oh, look at the marshmallow man no. asking a pretty good question. It's no, like, it, we had to we had to dig. We had to find out who this guy was. And mm -hmm. we, we, of course, like, you know, now Ken Bone is a... He's Joe the Plumber, but with pregnant with pregnancy <laughs> porn. God, just when you thought this election couldn't get any classier. Yeah. There we go. Just completely put a bow tie on, everybody. It's time for presidential <laughs> politics 2016. Just when you thought America couldn't get any more in the slums, now we have to think about an overweight fella from the Midwest's porn addiction. Yeah. How wonderful. You are correct. It reminds me of that scene in Tommy Boy where Chris Farley is talking to David Spade, and he's holding, I believe it's a donut or a, a biscuit, uh -huh. and he's like, this is my sale, my precious <laughs> Sale and I look at this. I love you, sale. Massage. I want massage. <laughs> I killed my precious sale. That's what we did to Ken Bone. So now I've got to come in, uh, just out of to be fair and say that Ken Bone, he's just a regular person. I don't think it's to be. I think it's to be contrarian. No, it's not to be contrarian. I'm not a contrarian, but I like that he's a normal guy. I don't like that he looked at the Jennifer Lawrence leaked nudes. And said he I looked, didn't. He saw her butthole and he liked it. He did like it, which mm -hmm. I guess again is better than saying he didn't like it. I would also say again, if that was a comment on a Trayvon Martin <laughs> article on Huffington Post, then I think that would be inappropriate. Uh -huh. He seemed to keep his porn comments and his political comments separate, which uh, that was a that was good for him. And hopefully he makes some money uh, through uh, through Uber, and now, of course, women are going to be dressing as a sexy Ken Bone for Halloween, which, you know, it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> I just can't even deal with it. Everyone in the Midwest looks just like him, and that's how far removed the Midwest is from mainstream American society. They saw one of us without, with, in, in full Unfiltered. glory, unfiltered, in the lights, under the lights. And they were in awe as if it was a zoo creature. No, I think the thumb man sitting behind Kim Bone, I think Woo! that guy was unfiltered Midwest. Yes, that man was red in the face. We talked about him before. Anyway, it does not matter. Let's go on and speak briefly. We don't have a long episode today. We'll just uh, we'll do an interview later on this week, I believe, or we'll just do a longer episode with Mr. Parks and myself. But let's talk a little bit about, uh, we have the Hillary email dump that uh -huh. happened. in uh, Still dumping. Still dumping. Everyday dump. Oh, that's the name of the Hillary email. 
email scandal. <laughs> Hillary emails. Still dumping. <laughs> Thank God for that. And, of course, that is coincided with the Donald Trump, un- so many countless claims of sexual harassment over the years. I think it's up to nine now. Okay, up to nine. And by the time that this you know goes out to the people, who knows how many more people will have come forward. But uh, so we can talk a little bit about both of those things. I want to talk briefly right now about Donald Trump. He is so desperate after the first two debates. He really, you know, he's he's going full bore with the whole the election is rigged. As a matter of fact, the election is so rigged, SNL is taking him down. Yeah. Saturday Night Live, they did a sketch, of course, with their main guy. Um, what's the name of the, the Al- Baldwin, Al- Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, yeah. And, uh, and, and, man, Donald Trump, he did not like their satire. I mean, why are he's actually coming out against Saturday Night Live? I think this is what they're talking about when when he yeah. said removing the shackles. He's that now unshackled. He's unshackled. I think unshackled just means he gets to tweet attack comedy shows. Yes. I mean, he said, "Watch Saturday Night Live hit job on me. Time to retire the boring and unfunny show. Alec Baldwin portrayal stinks. Media rigging election." And that is his whole thing now. Is that yeah. he knows that he's going to lose. I mean, we're we're at the point now where. He's going to lose. It's just that's just what's we're at the point where a man named Evan McMullen, who the guy who put up was put up by Bill Crystal, William Crystal, um, is might win Utah. Yeah. We have a man who literally had 240 Twitter followers about six months ago. He might win one of the 50 states of the country, something that Ross Perot couldn't even do. Yeah, exactly. And now, you know, Donald Trump, he, he's pivoting now to uh, he's pivoting now to the whole thing is rigged. That the whole it's thing got, is rigged. That the whole thing is rigged, that it's been rigged from the start, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, of course, even if he, you know, wins, if Hillary wins by a landslide by such a margin that there's no way in hell that the election could have ever been rigged itself now he's saying the media is rigging the of election course. that it's always been rigged and that it always will be rigged and one of the great ironies of course is donald trump spent very little money on his campaign oh yeah he got millions and millions and millions of dollars of free media yeah. that was the whole thing with trump one could argue that the uh, more liberal media networks like msnbc or cnn uh, wanted trump on because he was doing such a great job of devastating the republican field of course straight up calling out h uh, you know calling out uh, jeb uh, jeb bush and the bush family uh, legacy and god knows just throwing everything out there that he possibly could to dismantle the republican party so you could argue that that and they saw that as a as a benefit for someone like Hillary. Maybe they propped him up a little bit, in knowing again that um, Trump would be one of the only candidates to be able to lose to to lose to Clinton. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing here with him really doubling down on the media being rigged, the media rigging well, the election. Uh, I, he's playing. One, he's playing an extremely dangerous game. But the game that I think he's playing is something that you've been saying all along. Uh, is that. Trump TV is about to be uh, a part of the uh, mainstream American news cycle. Right. Uh, and and if know, he can he can say, you know what, the rest of the media is rigged, we're not. You can trust me. You can come try you can sit on Uncle Trump's lap and ugh. he'll whisper <laughs> <laughs> and he'll whisper every little story that you want to hear into your ear and he'll tell yeah. you that everything's going to be fine, that America is not going to be a minority white race by 2050. Everything's going to be fine. You're not right. going to have to worry about any of that. I mean, of course, the media it, it, it it's not rigged to the degree they didn't tell uh, him to say that Megyn Kelly is bleeding from her whatever. Uh, you know, they didn't tell him to call all Mexican race 
rapists, uh, all Mexicans rapists, they didn't tell him to immediately go after a judge born in Indiana who happens to have Mexican parents the week that he won the nomination, as opposed to, uh, to pivoting to Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. He did everything wrong himself. Everything. I mean, if you look at that week that he won the nomination, um, it was Hillary was still in a huge battle with Bernie Sanders. I mean, that was that was really in, in the middle of it there. It was starting it was starting to die down a little bit because the electoral math just wasn't there any it's longer. The last for Bernie, few weeks, though, but it was huge. Still. I mean, that was around California, right? Totally. Yeah. And uh, so he had that full week. He pivoted, uh, he just starts attacking this so-called Mexican judge. Then he moved on to the uh, to the. Uh, to the Khan family, the, the Gold Star family. Then he moved on to the celebrity uh, beauty queen pageant, Machada. I mean, at no point did he ever actually focus in on Hillary Clinton, and the media had nothing to do with that. He can create his own narrative, and he just did a horrible job of it. Yeah, and now he's focusing in on the media. Like, <laughs> which is the, like that that's the yeah. amazing he's still not focusing in on on clinton he's just right. fo- all he does is every once in a while he'll throw out a locker up uh and the crowd goes wild and you know what it'll be interesting um and we can talk a little bit some people in the department of justice uh, there was some memos that came out in the WikiLeaks um describing how it was a top-down decision to not prosecute hillary clinton most people who worked for the dod and the doj would have prosecuted but it came from comey uh himself and and, and from uh, miss lynch and mm-hmm. Um, and um, oh my goodness, who's the uh, uh, Eric Holder? Mm. Uh, so it came from the from the powers that be to not lock her up, um, and that that is very fascinating. So that's why that lock her up chant, that rhetoric, really resonates with people because they're just they, the idea of her being in jail is so thrilling to so many of them. But if she is elected, I believe when she is elected, most likely, although we can't call anything in this damn really election. Can, what mean, if, if, if Gary and Evan McMullen make the damn thing go to the Congress? Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, there's still what two two weeks from Tuesday, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you have Trump, you know, with those locker up, with those locker up things. But now we have all these accusations coming out against Donald Trump. If Hillary Clinton is elected president, I think that he has completely uh, barked up the wrong tree, promising to put her in jail. He, he's going to have a difficult time. The IRS <laughs> is going to be knocking on his door more oh. than he ever thought they could, and it's going to be a it's going to be a hard slog for him. You don't want to piss off the uh, in, uh, incoming. Uh, president, and I think he did exactly that given that last debate, specifically the first 30 minutes of it, where he just threw the kitchen sink at her. He really did. And what's going to happen with the third one? I mean, we've got Wednesday coming up, the third yeah. and final debate. What's going to happen? So the third and final <laughs> debate is this Wednesday, and Donald Trump has gone on record. Like, I'm just laughing. Just like, what's going to Fuck. I have no clue. I think they're going to start by uh, wrapping their hands in, in linen, dipping them in honey, and then dipping them in glass. <laughs> and that's how it's going to start. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump, in order to just, he's so great at distracting from the issues. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just a classic, what was it, Goebbels that said, just blame your opponent for everything that you do. Yeah. Um, he demanded, well, stumping, I forget in what town, he demanded that Hillary Clinton and he take a drug test okay. before the third debate, a drug- which is absolutely hilarious. You're going to make a presidential candidate yeah. for the United States piss in a cup? Well, I don't know what they're going to be doing it in, but yeah, I guess so. Maybe it'll <laughs> be a blood I think he wants to do a blood oh, test. Oh, he wants to do a blood test. Yeah, full-on blood when, test. When I, think, when I think drug test, I think about like you know what I used to have to do like when I tried getting hired for that janitor job. Sure. Yeah. Piss in a cup. And that's where, of course, where if you're not stoned, they won't hire you. <laughs> stoned janitors are the best janitors. We were pretty good. Absolutely. So yeah. you were stoned. Very interesting. <laughs> so that's what he wanted to talk about. Um, and he wants to, and, and because he talked about how Hillary Clinton had a lot of energy at the start of the debate, uh-huh. and then he had, she had a lot of energy at the end of the debate, and then after the debate, she could barely get to her car. 
And that would be because she was exhausted. Yeah. If she was on drugs, she would be like, let's do eight more. <laughs> you know, she would be all down for more debate. <laughs> Obviously, she was very physically exhausted. But yeah. that does play into her health. And that is sort of this year's, it's sort of a birther type feel to it. It really is. Um, yeah. And is she completely healthy? Who knows? Both of these people are in their, you know, going to be 70 very soon. You tell me one person who is in perfect physical health at 70 specifically after running a campaign for a year and a half. 18 months on the road. What, what these people do. I mean, I know everyone hates uh, politicians and they like to crap all over them, but my God, what Bernie, Hillary, and Donald and some of the other Republicans, well, most of them younger, but what they were able to, Bernie, what, at 74 years old? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That is a year and a half of nonstop and the energy that you get from these crowds and the size of these crowds, specifically if you're Bernie who never really dealt with anything like this before at mm. a national level, good Lord, that must have been, I, I can't even imagine how exhausting. It had to have been exhausting, but also a shot in the arm. I mean, you know, getting out in front yeah. of a crowd can be a, 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 that can be a pretty invigorating feeling. Yeah, as we're finding as we go on our, uh, out on tour more and more, it is really wonderful. No matter how exhausted you are, you get out there in front of some screaming fans and it does make you feel great and it gives you the energy to entertain. <laughs> Which is what Donald Trump is doing currently. Um, but let's go now. We had that email leak about some medication that Hillary Clinton is on, which I think this is sort of Trump trying to find a way to pivot to this medication problem. Again, I don't know someone who was in their, you know, about to be 70, year old, 70 years old who isn't on medication. It certainly doesn't quit disqualify you for the presidency. JFK could barely sit. That's how bad his back was. Yeah. He was so hopped up on lewds and random pain pills the entire presidency. He doesn't even remember having an affair with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, he's a, he was pretty big into speed. Oh, huge he into speed. Loved speed. Yeah. yeah. So these uh, these emails, uh, what it was is that one of uh, Clinton's top foreign policy advisors uh, researched this drug called ProVigil, uh, which is apparently used to treat narcolepsy and other sleep-wake disorders. Okay. Um, so basically she's having a difficult time trying to sleep on a bus for a year <laughs> and a half, which is how these people sleep. They sleep like rock stars, but if they do anything wrong, they're demonized for it. Yeah, and it's also noted that ProVigil is uh, often prescribed to treat excessive sleepiness in patients with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and multiple sclerosis. And Parkinson's mm. is one of the things that a lot of the mm -hmm. uh, healthers, can we call them healthers? Sure, you can call them uh, healthers. Yeah, these healthers are saying that uh, Clinton has been suffering from for all these years. Parkinson's. And, you know, I mean, and you go back, you look at that, what happened in 84. For the most part, people can confirm that there were signs that Reagan had early onset Alzheimer's. Yeah. And that's why his first debate against Mondale, he actually did fairly bad. He was sort of, he had many Rick Perry moments. He just couldn't recall what he was going to say. And of yeah. course, he rebounded. Um, he did very well in the second debate. A lot of people think he was all hopped up. Sometimes you got to be hopped up. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, I'd um, pop a five-hour energy drink before a live show sometime. What? Well, then there you go. I'm sure <laughs> Trump does, too. Probably takes him, well, I don't even want to know how he consumes those, oh. given, his, given his Twitter account. <laughs> Good God. Um, but, you know, so it's really what what he's inferring is that she can't be president because she's on, you know, medication or she might have some ailments. But in reality, I don't know, again, what 70 year old doesn't have those things. Yeah. I mean, and but this is something that Gary Johnson is also sort of picking up on. He just he just biked 70 miles and gave a rally, which was a suggestion that I gave to him. I'm not saying it was my doing. But I did suggest get on the bicycle, let everybody know that you're an athlete uh -huh. as they talk about stamina over and over again. So you're, so you're like a Gary Johnson like advisor now? I am, yeah. I email him all the time. <laughs> I, did a, I did an event, uh, not for Gary Johnson, uh -huh. uh, for, for the Super PAC on this past Thursday. Uh -huh. And, uh, man, it was so fun. 
It was just a little 10-minute speech. I introduced the Pizza Hut Bigfoot uh, redistricting plan. Uh Uh-huh. How'd it go? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Governor Bill Weld was there. He laughed. He loved it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, definitely talked about, uh, you know, the problems with gerrymandering and redistricting and how we need to get our democracy back, starting starting with that. Yeah. Did you say say your catchphrase, your slogan? No, I did not do the out of my, out of your room, out of your womb, out of your room, and out of your wallet. I believe I'm going to go out of your room, out of your womb, out of your wallet. Out of your room, out of your womb, out of your wallet, because you get the WW, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah, no, I wasn't able to do that, but I did go into a lot of the major problems that I support uh, Mr. Gary Johnson for trying to conquer mainly uh, redistricting and uh, you know getting rid of these minority-majority districts, which just ended up completely uh, disenfranchising so many, ironically, and not not uh, giving any motivation for these politicians to actually compromise and do what they were sent there to do, which was get, uh, you know, get, you know, do the work of the people, yeah. not the work of the corporations. So that was extremely fun. So Gary Johnson biked 70 miles and did a speech. That's all I'm saying. Did he did he know where Aleppo was? <laughs> he does now. He does now. Mm-hmm. So that's how just, am I going to bomb it if I don't know where it is? How is he going to bomb it, Marcus? You don't even <laughs> ask the hard questions, though. <laughs> No, he knows where it is. <laughs> so, uh, what a what a strange week it has been for Isn't presidential it? politics. I really, it's it's really unfortunate. We're not talking about any issues. Nothing. Um, there's Nothing some, at all. You know, the WikiLeaks uh, came out with some speeches that Hillary had given to Wall Street. Um, they they pretty much read exactly as you think they might read. She talks about how. Um, you have to have a private uh, position and a public position. And really what she's talking about in the most in most of those emails, that's how the sausage is made. That's just yeah. politics. That's just somebody uh, running in, in a country of 300 plus million people, 50 unique states, trying to win as many people as possible. You can't have one message for each state like you used to be able to have. Back in the day, if you're in Wisconsin, you're talking cheese. Yeah. Back in the day, if you're in Iowa, you're talking corn uh if you know if you're in, if you're in california you're talking about fracking and, and clean coal and you know things like that i mean all different states have every different state has different needs and back in the day you could tailor your speech to them now it has it's a 50 it's a 50 state speech every single speech because of technology yeah all things all people i mean these emails if any sort of position of power and specifically any sort of governmental power it's the art of manipulation that, that's what all the getting elected and governing, it's all the art of manipulation. And it's grimy. It doesn't make you feel good to read no. about it. It doesn't make you feel good to know that people are doing it. And it really doesn't make you feel good to actually see them manipulating. Like, this no. is how we manipulate this. I mean, for example, yeah. you know, this uh, email that Podesta sent out uh, after Saeed Farouk and his wife yes. killed those 14 people in San Bernardino, uh, he emailed... Better if a guy named Saeed Farouk was reporting that a guy named Christopher Hayes was the shooter. So this was one of the emails that really struck me as extremely disgusting because it just points out how unbelievably polarized everything is and how polluted and how what a pollutant politics can be. Yeah. We have 14 people dead, massacred at an office function for no reason whatsoever other than this maniac wanted to go strike revenge at them. In his situation, it was because of a religious affiliation. It was. It's so sad that we have an act like that and the first thing that crosses Podesta's mind John Podesta's minds who also has many uh, leaked uh, emails talking about how he can't trust Hillary how she's a liar how she's corrupt this is a man who calls Hillary Hillary uh, corrupt and this is his first reaction after 
14 American citizens are murdered on American soil. He wishes the race was of a different one, so then we could swing it into a way to make white nationalists look bad. But no, no, this is a win for conservatives because it's a brown person, so now that'll rally up their base. It is unbelievably sad, and I, and I hate that politics take that turn and force people to live like a religion. This is like a, it's like a religion to these people, these political institutions, and they didn't see it as an act of a human being taking 14 other human beings' lives. They saw it as an act of how could we politicize this best? Oh, shit, this is going to make us look bad. We'll, we'll have to score a victory for the Republicans here. It's their job. It's awful. I mean, it, it is awful. Yes, it is absolutely awful. It's absolutely terrible, but it's their job. This is the world that we have created for ourselves. I understand. And they, are, and they have to, of course, you know, they have to be quick on this shit. They have to be on the ball. He I gets just, paid to be a bad person. Like he gets, no. but people like Podesta, yeah, people, well, but Podesta. every people like Podesta and people part of every single like major party campaign, every single major party campaign. Yes. All these people think like this. Every single one of them think like this. Anybody that's mm. high up in power, they stay in power because they are bad people. You have to be a bad person. To be I at do the think top in you, America, you can transcend politics and you can, uh, you know, emote uh, feelings and, and, and give condolences to the American people when we desperately need them. And that was one issue. Obama failed miserably at it unless it was a situation that he deemed uh, to be politically beneficial. Look at Clockboy, for example, uh, the kid who made the clock that looked just like a bomb, to be fair, <laughs> and he got in trouble for it. And I believe he just got a full ride. How many kids are getting kicked out of school for doing something similar, but it's not politically expedient for them to, uh, you know, become a major issue. So they just go on the back burner. It is really sad. Those those emails um, you know, those are the ones that really break my heart because it is like there are 14 dead people. And the only thing that you can think to mention about this is just as bad as Donald Trump talking about. I used to have the, the tallest building. Oh, now, Bill, what was yeah, it? But that was on, that was on down. Howard Stern. This is an this is a business email about yeah. business. That's so it's even worse. Why? Yeah, because Howard Stern and Donald Trump wasn't in office at that time. He's just being a braggadocious businessman. This is this is the powers that be exactly thinking, thinking, expressing exactly what they thought initially after a mass tragedy in this country. Yeah. I mean, it, it is horrible. I mean, they yeah. have to remove themselves completely from this shit. I mean, we know we've it's talked just, to political operatives. Yeah, I, I mean, know. They, we've talked to these people. We know they have no allegiances. They have no affiliations whatsoever. Uh -huh. They are hired to elect these people. And I mean. It some like I'm sorry, but these deaths are gonna be politicized. I'm just playing devil's advocate no, I know, here with, I know. These, with this guy, uh, and I'm not even necessarily defending. I'm not defending him either. But this is just who these people are. This I is understand. Just, this is just politics in America. I know it makes you it's feel politics gross. It's politics everywhere. It's politics everywhere. Yeah. This is just politics. I mean, I guarantee yeah. you. Uh, during that, like after the Boston massacre, I'm sure there were people that were immediately looking for ways to uh, politicize that. This is nothing new. This no. isn't where we are now. This isn't. This is where we've always been. And you know, I mean, of course, it happens on social media immediately. Uh, you know, there was a situation where the woman was was gunned down. She was giving the report. Uh, I forget what the, name, what the name of the news agency was. She was shot. Everyone thought it was a white dude that did it. So then everyone was like white terrorism. It turned out to be a black guy. And then everyone shut up. And then, you know, I mean, it's, it's just people need to stop being so tribal and just realize yeah. that 14 people are dead at the hands of another human being. Let's not make this a, a this is not a this is not a race war. This isn't what what uh, Dylan, uh, uh, you know, the, the bastard in South Carolina. Oh, Dylan uh, Roof. Dylan Roof. I mean, this is exactly what he wants to have happen. And we're giving these people far too much 
uh, credit. You know, as soon as Dylan Roof wants to start a, a race war, he just killed a bunch of elderly people in a church. This, we can't have, you know, there was just the white, uh, the white, uh, the three white people who were just arrested recently here for domestic terrorism of a church, mm-hmm. uh, of an Islamic uh, center. I mean, we can't let these people win the, uh, win the narrative. And the more and more that we do this, and if it comes from a top-down government level of him, you know, stoking the um, the reality that like oh if this was a white person we would we would address it this way but because it's not we're going to address it this way it's extremely um, nefarious and I think it's dangerous for the country uh, we we can't let these racially motivated people win the narrative I don't know I, I mean what would you rather them do I think uh, that we need to have a blanket policy if, if fourteen people were murdered by an individual I don't care if you want to label them a terrorist I don't care what race the person is or what religious orientation he is we need to have you know unity under the law. And we shouldn't have our government officials looking at things like race or orientation or height, whatever it is, when we're dealing with something as black and white as mass murder. Ah, they have to. They They don't have to look at it because, yeah, I mean, if it's a what if it is a white guy or if it's uh, someone who is linked to ISIS, those are two different criminal investigations. Those two things are handled completely and totally differently, and they mean two very different things. Well, I mean, there there are huge differences between uh, a, there is a huge difference between Dylan Roof and Charleston and uh, this Saeed Farouk uh, in uh, what is it in San Berdu. It's I don't a, see there's how there's a huge I don't think there's a huge the difference there whatsoever. If you look at, you know, one of the largest I mean, um, with terror response, groups of course, in the, yeah. I mean the response that you got I mean, if you're just talking straight I mean, up. There's lip no service, denying that if, white nationalists are the most they're the largest of the ter- or so called terror groups in the country. I mean, yeah. they certainly make the list a hell of a lot more oh, than yeah. uh, than most uh, African American or, you know, Asian American or whatever uh, you know, groups that are out there. So I mean, I don't think the response I'm just talking about the the rhetorical response to the American people after a national tragedy, they should not take into account race or religion uh, of the person who committed the cr- uh, crimes or of the people who were murdered by them. I'm just talking about the rhetorical response. Because I'm not the, talking the rhetorical about just saying like, hey, that was really sad. See you later. No, just like give me something yeah. like the nation needs to be like told that everything's going to be fine. And we can't just have everything politicized and have them be more sympathetic. You know, when it's uh, Dylan Roof, we can't have them be more sympathetic to the victims than when it's, uh, you know, uh, Saeed or for for who? What is it? Saeed Farouk. Saeed Farouk uh, <laughs> killing, you know, 14 people at San Bernardino. We need to have the same amount of sympathy for both of the victims and we need to have the same amount of uh you know, compassion for the country that's going through an immense amount of stress at that time. Well, I don't know. I think this email is more, I don't know if it's necessarily about, you know, her response to it. I think it's more just like, this is going to make our job more difficult. Like, oh my if it's God. a white guy, it's a if it, if it's a white guy, it's a win for the Democrats. If it's a brown guy, it's a win for the Republicans. It's just you know, really like that's, unfortunate. That's what it is. That's what this 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 email is like. Our job is more difficult now because of this. This is a, this look. This makes the Republicans look better if it's a brown yeah, guy. Well, it makes the Democrats look better if it's a white guy. It is a mentality of divide and conquer, and that's all that they're doing. We got to get rid of this redistricting. We have to start over. Governor Gary was the worst governor in the history of people in Massachusetts. Governor uh, Gary? That's who started all this gerrymandering. Oh, I thought you meant He's him. over. Yeah, no, yeah. not not Governor Gare Bear Johnson. <laughs> I was about uh, to say, man. We got to stop all this. I mean, it is, it is such a perfect indication of the divide and conquer method, uh, methodology that these people use to get elected. And it's really sad. And I think people are waking up to it. Yeah. And this, like we said before the show, Marcus, I think this is the last election of the old guard politicians. I think so. Who just feel as if we're a bunch of ignorant assholes 
who can just be told what to believe while they go in the back room and say something different. Yeah, I think this really is. The the next election, I'm really looking forward to the next election. It'll like I'm I'm trying to look past it. I'm even looking forward to the the midterm elections. How's mm-hmm. that how different is that going to be? How different is that going to feel uh compared to this mm. compared to this well how's it gonna feel wait now did i mention gary johnson bikes 70 miles <laughs> 70 miles great yes it's <laughs> a lot of miles yeah it's a ton of miles it's, it's a ton 10 of miles. more than 60 don't even let me i'll go on about that yeah i mean it's probably uh yeah that that's about 50, on, 55 more than i've ever biked there it is buddy in one sitting um all right well we just gotta wrap this up we already spoke too we spoke too long <laughs> That's okay. Um, Marcus, how you doing? You good? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm good. You can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks and on Instagram at, uh, at Marcus Parks. Um, you can find us on the Able Against Top Hat Facebook page. It's always fun. And, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel and Instagram Ben Kissel one mostly still just pictures of bagels and dogs. And uh, let's see here. I think that's pretty much it. That's all we got. All right. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.